last week too. The second one I recorded, Good, I started. Like, I started <laughs> speaking completely like just stupid. Like I mix, mixed up my words. I think I said scorchgasmic last week. So you I, did. I didn't say that this time, but I just just completely forgot how to talk for a second. But I was going exactly. to say the foot, the round ball footy edition of the pod, as we usually do, because we have to separate the different kinds of football. Because I like to call it football when I can, but. Yeah, we're on the international world game football that we're on talking about in this one. Plenty of stuff to talk about and a lot of fun things, you know, the usual football stuff that we lo- want to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, I should say because it's a separate pod to the one we were recording just before. Shay's on the line again. so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like an extension. I'm here. I'm just watching you slowly hang yourself <laughs> with this intro. <laughs> it is like, like, let me check. What, it is one thirty in the morning here, so I feel like I'm... Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting sharper as it goes. It's usually the opposite that we do this. Like, yeah, we used I, to like, do... Let's fall do, asleep by then. Yeah, we used to do this, so it would be about one thirty in the afternoon for me. So it would be the opposite. Like, it would be this time, but daytime. And you'd be yeah. fucking devolving into a, a drunk mess. But now that you're a professional and stuff, <laughs> I am. I've taken over the mantle, and I'm very proud of it. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I hope I showed you the ropes. I yeah, definitely <laughs> <laughs> learned a thing or two. Um, but yeah, we uh, we're going to talk plenty of football and on-field stuff and all the all the you know transfer window shut. Um, there's a lot lot that happened there, which I'm excited to talk about because some things we talked about last week have slightly changed. I feel, but we'll get to it. Uh, unfortunately, at the start of this pod, we'll talk um, a bit about just. Stupidity in football, basically, in particularly in the stands, which is just where <laughs> most of the stupidity in sports comes from, to be honest. Um, race, Especially in Europe. Yeah, Europe. Uh, and, you know, I, I hate shitting on the, ta- the Italian fans, but racism is very prevalent in Italy, and this is all centered around Lukaku's move. And you know, this is, uh, before we get into it, the first thing I thought about when Lukaku moved to Inter was I was like, he's going to cop it. And like mm-hmm. I, that shouldn't be what I think, but because we yeah. know so much about Italy's history with racist treatment to um, black football players, it's that's what happens, and that's the first thing I thought. And I was like, I wanted to. My thought was, I hope I'm wrong for some. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I wouldn't be though, because you just you don't want you don't want to believe it will happen. But I just knew it was, and unfortunately, he's been copying it since he got there. It seems. Yeah, and. Um yeah, that was the big story this week is, you know, he spoke out against it. Um, they also wrote him a letter saying, hey, like, it's just a chant. It's actually a chant supporting you. But it's, <laughs> like, it's just, like, extremely tone deaf, like, response from them. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, a symptom of an even bigger problem over there right now. I, I mean, there is, like, a rise in alt-right kind of like what we're trying to quell right now in mm-hmm. um, United States and especially in the soccer stands. Um, we're definitely trying to do that. And we talked enough about that last week, but always worth mentioning again that the iron front is still banned by MLS and still, you know, problem um, with fans trying to fight anti-fascist movements in this country. Um, but that's, you know, well, if you have any the situation is exactly why you're doing it. So. Exactly. And um, before this, um, I can't remember which club it was. I think it was one of the Milan clubs. It, it might have been AC Milan. Um, before the season, their clubhouse was raided, like their ultras clubhouse was raided, and they found like a bunch of Nazi regalia and like weapons and like a rocket launcher. 
Like, like how you have a rocket launcher, I don't know. It's not funny. I laugh because it's just so absurd. But like, you, you laugh because you don't know what else to do but laugh because the other the other option is just to fucking cry. So, yeah, yeah. it's just like, I, what, where yeah. are we at in this world when this stuff is still just news? And I just understand that, especially in Europe, like, football has deeper ties to, you know, movements maybe. But it's so crazy how in Europe it seems like the, especially in more Eastern Europe, the further you go east, um, it's tied to this alt-right group, like grouping of people. Mm. Soccer is because the Ukraine has really like has um their alt-right scene is really tied to their soccer ultras and stuff like that. So, um, obviously it's bad. I don't know <laughs> where to go with it. I mean, yeah. Well, like it's... what is what what can we do about this? I guess. Well, it's up to the Italian, and the, the problem with Italy is it goes a little bit deeper with the political situation over there too, being that they look like they could just go straight back into fascism. But um, yeah, that's the thing that they can do is that the Syria need to actually stamp down. You know, there's something interesting happening in France at the moment. Is that I think you've probably seen it twice in the last since the season started that there's been homophobic chants in the stands, and the referees are actually in France now instructed to stop the game until the chants subside so that's happened twice since the season started that's a start like you know, yeah at least the referees obviously their number one job is on the field and they shouldn't probably have to police the stadium too but if they hear it and go let's stop the game until this stops that does put the owners back in the sport is that it's your fault if this game doesn't go ahead uh, Italy just seems to just give free reign to this stuff and what what is concerning is this statement from the Interfan Inter Ultras basically mm. said the group well this article says um, this article I'm reading from Sky it says the group urges Lukaku to clarify what racism really is and that Italian fans are not racist which is that's which uh, is fucking wrong Italian fans not all of, wrong. not not all Italian fans obviously we're not going to group them all in the same because I'm sure there are some out there, but they need... No, they're the ultras. Yeah, like but the, the Italian hardcore fans often are the ones that are chanting this racist shit down. And it's not... Oh, this isn't new news. It's the reason I thought Lukaku's going to cop it is because we hear this every goddamn year with any, mm -hmm. any player of colour in Italy that has a successful year is usually copying the abuse the whole time. Mm -hmm. Balotelli um, recently. Yeah, um, the Moise Keane one from last year where even it's and it's that deep that Leonardo uh, I was, we were talking about this off air as I was getting this stuff back up so I could uh, reference it during the pod but um, Moise Keane who's now playing at Everton so hopefully he'll be a lot well better treated there as much as I hate Everton well we'll get to England in a second yeah, but um, they're, they're not um, they're not innocent in all this either but. yeah uh, yeah no certainly not but uh, Moise Keane scored uh a goal last year. <laughs> oh, funnily enough, reading the article, it's the same fans that Inter were playing against this year, this week too. So, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keane scored and celebrated in front of the opposition fans, which it's it happens all the time. Like, but you're not. And so he just did the you know arms open, bring it on kind of thing, which is just normal yeah. in football. Uh, and then they 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 are already throwing the abuse at him. That's why he why he celebrated yeah. because what's what else are you going to do and then they hurled more abuse at him racist abuse obviously and then after the game Leonardo Benucci his teammate said well I think the blame's 50-50 because Keane shouldn't have done that and it's like that's symptomatic of Italy's problem right there is that 
every time victim this happens, blaming. every time this happens, it's blamed on the victim. And this is what's happened with Lukaku again. They're saying, "Oh, so, sorry, Romelu. I'm just fucked up his pronunciation of his name." <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, but you've got you've got to tell there them. You go. You've got to tell. Yeah, I should just say, mate, shouldn't I? Uh, you've got to tell them that it's not really racist, rather than us tell them that it is racist because that's easier because then we can just keep going along with our, our blinders on and not actually focus on the issue and attack it. So this Moise Keane thing last year, this Lukaku thing this year, for all of us who actually have a brain cell that works, we can see this is racist, This we can see there's an issue that needs to be attacked, but they keep repeatedly going through the cycle where they just, just push it under the rug and it's just it's just not on and it's, it sucks for a, what is probably both of our favourite sport. Um that we spend a lot of time investing ourselves into that there's there is this ugly side in it that um like we talk about in nfl sometimes it's just this side of it that we don't want to associate ourselves with but because we're fans of the sport we still we have to have to address it and it's just it's it's just it sucks because lukaku I, no, obviously i he's played for two of the teams i despise the most but i still don't yeah. actually, i don't actually mind him as a footballer and i think he's had a hard he's had a pretty rough trot at united and he deserves to mm. go to Inter and have, and he's already scored there. I think he's he's had a decent start there, considering he's just he's just got there. He deserves a bit, and he's finally found probably a team that he might actually suit his playing style, and he's going to probably cop abuse from the stands every week and hate life there. And this is just an example of sports being a microcosm for society. You know, this is growing this growing anger because I know in Italy it's even worse than it is here. There's, you know, middle class, there's losing jobs and stuff. So people need like an outlet to, to throw their anger at. And there, you think that as a society are beyond that beyond because of history, because we've seen how terrible that is and how backwards it is to throw your anger at your own lot in life on a minority or um, somebody from a different country or anything like that but it's there's a rise in it again because of what's going on in society across the world yes yeah. it's, it's disgusting and it's it's just history repeating itself again and unfortunately it's gonna get worse before it gets better it seems like yeah particularly countries like italy as we said they're having their issues politically at the moment and it's unfathomable sometimes to think that a country that's had such a Storied isn't the right word, but um, infamous history of fascism. Um, yeah. Having been on both sides of World War Two, which is just such a unique position to be in, um, <laughs> that they're going yeah. through this again, and they haven't learned any lessons. And and the and their premier football, like, you know, football in Italy is not small. It's Ju- Juventus are a pr- Champions League contender. They've got two, one of the three greatest footballers in the world alongside Virgil van Dijk and Lionel Messi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, actually, that cachet, that weapons cachet I was talking about in the Nazi yeah. regalia was Ju- the Juventus Ultras. Oh, there, you, there you go. So you've got a team that's... I'll send you the picture. It is not a small amount of weapons, <laughs> and they're all... <laughs> Usually when the term weapons cachet is used, it means something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Juventus are a worldwide supported club that is trying to be their purchase for Cristiano Ronaldo was to try and get themselves up in the echelon market it, mark, marketability wise as your Real Madrid's, your uh, Liverpool's, United's, Barcelona's, whatever, whatever, whichever other team you associate with being a worldwide brand, that's where Juventus have kind of been. You know, they had that 
period mm-hmm. of time in the second division with all their match fixing stuff. But that's where they've been building to. And Ronaldo is bought as that piece to really get them in. I've, I've seen them myself. There's that many Juventus Ronaldo jerseys in the street now. And that's just how, oh, yeah. that's how powerful his brand is alone. But that's making people the, playing with them on FIFA yeah, all the time. The Juventus brand, they redid their badge. They've really attacked the last couple of years. And they themselves should. I don't know who runs it. I don't know how much about their backboard, their boardrooms and whatever, but they themselves should look at it and say, yeah, we should not be racist if we want to be a worldwide club because racism is stupid. But there's, there's such a, uh, there's such a cultural thing that no one wants to attack in Italy that, that is causing this to keep happening. And, you know, Benucci victim blaming his teammate last year at, at Juventus along, along with this issue at the moment with the official fan clubs coming, well, you know, the ultras, which are essentially their fan clubs coming out and given these ultimatums to, well, not ultimatum, but just given the advice to Lukaku that, hey, we're not racist. You should, you know, just clarify what your version of racism is. And it's like, he's the, he's the, he's the dude with the skin that you don't like. And you're asking yeah. him to clarify what racism is, whereas he knows it because you're saying it to him and he's told you and you're still asking him, which is victim blaming. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Exactly. He clarified what yeah. racism is by saying you're being racist to me. And yeah. it's like, maybe trust the minority in this situation yeah. and who is getting it rather than the people who are and like that's a terrible situation but there is there is some like gray gray area like over here it's a big deal that mexico does that chant um when the opposing goalie um does a free kick mm-hmm. yeah the uh... goal kick um and i kind of see both sides on that because they say it's homophobic and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in france yeah. And they've tried so hard to get Mexico and their fans to stop it, and with even the Mexican team coming out and telling their fans, like Chicharito said it before, I think the last time they played the U.S., like don't say that chant, and they're just always going to say it. And, but over here, it felt like kind of just white people telling Hispanic people about what that means in mm-hmm. their culture. Like, well, they're not saying it, so it is like this gray area of like cultures almost clashing of trying and i'm not defending what italy did by it because that's off on its own but what mexico does it's like well if that word means what it means to them it does it might not mean what it means to you and maybe you don't yeah that's culture as well yeah that's a translate that's a translation thing it's kind of the uh uh goes back to the suarez one as well like he well (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm no i'm never gonna win this argument with you but and, you know, without actually, uh, yeah, it, it it does go back. To, it is that though, in that sense that, um, yeah, it's if it's if it's a different meaning to different people. Uh, the thing in thing in Italy is it's the same thing every time to people that mm-hmm. that hearing at the same hearing the same language. It's just it's just stupid, and it's um it's so much that is wrong with sport, and, and it's not it's not it it's not at all isolated to Italy. It's just there the. We've had we had a banana people throwing the um, indigenous Australian player. It's happened both mm. both sides in the Adelaide Port Adelaide rivalry here. It's happened to both teams in the last couple of years. Um, but the difference is that our league and our players and both teams, both teams had their indigenous players from both sides link arm in arm and put out a statement against it. The whole league condemned it. The country condemned it. That's not what's happening in Italy, and that's why the the issues 
it's not only persisting, but it seems to be growing bigger. Like I hear about it more and more mm. now, and maybe that's just the modern times of social media making it so easy to access information, but it does seem to be more and more happening all the time. I think fascism is on the rise over there again yeah. because the people who had to go through World War II are dying out. And so they're like, the people who were spitting on Mussolini's hanging corpse like are dying out and they apparently didn't pass on those stories about how terrible it was there. So yeah. I don't know kind of scary <laughs> yeah um it's an unfortunate I mean, situation to be in and I, uh, we have no uh, we unfortunately don't have any answers for it it's just we just had to put it out there that it's address it and yeah. come out and say obviously if you do this and if i can't i mean we don't have a huge audience but <laughs> if you happen to listen to this one day when we do have a huge audience boom boom uh when? and you're one of these that have ever done this don't listen to our podcast because we don't want you to listen to our podcast yeah. if you're a piece of shit racist soccer fan yeah and that, i mean england has it going on right now and you know america has it um not for soccer as much because the so- soccer crowds tend to be more left-leaning in mm-hmm. this country but just scroll through twitter after um an african-american makes a mistake in a, in a game and you will see some of the most disgusting really the deplorable you know basket of deplorables that live in this country coming yeah. out and using every word they can it's like who are you actually mad? like what are you actually mad at in this yeah. world other than a dude fumbling a football or something or missing a kick or something like that who are you like why where did where does this anger stem from yeah it happened in england after well we've had both pogba and uh lingard miss penalties for united in the Excuse me. First couple of weeks, um, <laughs> and that the Twitter was full of uh, United fans as um, racially abusing them for missing penalties, and it's just yeah. If your first response to anything is to go to their skin color, then that's just a it's a default in your character and something that needs to be needs to be worked out of society. And that's why this issue in Italy is so annoying is that it's not being it's being um, it's being enabled rather than disabled. Whereas in, you know, at least, you know, England, the Premier League still, well, they do, they do have their stamp out racism, all those things. And uh, I believe there was actually a case recently, and it's a little extreme, but yeah, uh, some, I think it might have been an Everton fan in Liverpool was arrested and charged because of his tweets about yeah. Mo Salah. Um, yeah. I think he might have got a suspended. Because he was anti-Muslim. Yeah, I think he might have got a suspended jail sentence. I think yeah. is what happened was the outcome of that, and some people have said that's too extreme. But then, may, look, I don't know what it's what a hate crime. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, what's the next level of that? Because I've I, I hate the fact that I've seen multiple times on Twitter. It's obviously not people I follow, but somehow it's uh, it's been people that have retweeted it saying that you need to uh, people can pl- can they please report this and uh, get it off Twitter. But you know, pictures of Mo Salah in a, in a terrorist vest and it's just it's just yeah it's disgusting you know <laughs> like he's just here playing football and he's and he actually does a lot apparently apparently Mo Salah there was a massive percentage reduction in hate anti-Muslim hate crimes in Liverpool after he signed because and it's just it's, it's stupid that, that it should take that but you know people see him in diff- see um, Muslims in a different light because of him in at least in that area and it's just it's stupid that it takes that but at least that's moving in the, moving in the right direction whereas Italy's moving in the other direction. He's also from Egypt which is one of the most westernized 
countries in the Middle e- in the Middle East. I know it's yeah. in Africa, but they certainly have like there's they certainly a huge have their political uh, Christian moment, population but. in that country. So what it does come down to is skin color, because like there's there's millions of Christian Egyptians, but yeah. like it is still it, yeah it is they're still from identifying the Middle East, his like, look as as that look that they expect <clears throat> a terrorist. I'm doing air quotes. That's you know, and it's not that I believe that. It's just that's what they they're looking at that and seeing. He looks like that guy in the movie that played a terrorist. So I'm going to put a terrorist vest on him in in a bad Photoshop and put it on Twitter for a laugh. And you, that's it's just it's just in, it's just enabling stereotypes to continue, and you can't do that. And it just is kind of like <clears throat> a reminder that sports oftentimes is for the lowest common denominator in society. <laughs> it doesn't you don't have to be smart to like sports, and it's. And I see that with college football over here and like the way people treat college athletes and stuff like that. And it is just like, you don't have to be smart to like football and you like, so you don't understand history. And so when you don't understand history, you don't understand other cultures and you don't understand how important it is to become, you know, respect your fellow brethren, Mm -hmm. no matter where they're from or whatever. Like, obviously these people in England who are saying this stuff about Salah don't know that during Arab Spring, um, Muslims formed a circle around Christians praying, mm-hmm. so they they would be safe when the Egyptians were revolting against the government, and vice versa. The Christians did it for the Arabs as well. Like that is unity in a country, despite completely op- opposite view. Well, not opposite, still religion, but I yeah, think religious did. people view that stuff as pretty opposite. So it's like if you saw like what was actually going on in Egypt, like you wouldn't think that of those people at all yeah. but it's just pure no, it's, a, it's a mixture it's a mixture of having some historical context and basic human empathy as well, well. like the crusades <laughs> is that what you're talking no about? no it was like historical context is just understanding people like i'm not sorry historical but also cultural context sorry was probably yeah. the best better term uh, and then just and then actually having some empathy for for other human beings you know it's just just think about it sounds really you know the the right wingers will say I'm a snowflake, but you know it's just having 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 a having empathy and and, and feelings for another person and caring about what might happen when you say well, it's just it's simply saying thinking if I say these words will someone else be hurt by them if they are then you know and you know I've called an idiot a cunt here and there but they probably deserved it because they probably been saying something racist so. I'm a hypocrite in that sense, but it's usually yeah. usually my anger towards another human being is because their actions are hurting another human being. Yeah, and that's exactly. just yeah, it's you know you can have your well own. eye for an eye is never good, but you know sometimes it's hey work. look Sam Rockwell and Seven Psychopaths put it very eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> there will still be one person left with an eye. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell in that movie is goals, and yeah. I. <laughs> honestly have related our friendship a lot to that uh i don't I, we kind of switch roles in that kind of back and forth of the colin farrell and sam rockwell i role. feel like i'm a little bit sam rockwell at two two o'clock in the morning on my fourth fifth yeah fuck knows exactly but yeah it's, it's i have to write a paper after this so it's like <laughs> opposite and you're yeah, then you'll, right then you'll, th- you'll flip back to the colin farrell doing your screenwriting and yeah and I'll go to sleep and dream about killing serial killers. So, <laughs> and Tom Waits will call me in and be like, "Well, I have to kill you now." I'll be like, "Okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's fine." You sound like you've had but, a hard week. 
Uh, exactly. But uh, um, seven psychopaths aside, obviously something we'll probably keep an eye on throughout the season and um, continue to talk about it as it continues to be a problem. Um, Italy, I assume, or not Italy, England has a match this week and they've had problems and um, we don't really need to get into all the problems that they've had because it's very similar to Italy. We don't yeah. really need to lay it all out there for people, but you know, inter- it's international. It's certainly something for people to, people to keep an eye on when they're watching international events like mm-hmm. this. It's actually, um, you sometimes see like Raheem Sterling, has been quite outspoken about, and he's he's got, he cops his fair share of abuse. That's subtle xenophobia and racism, just about tattoos and stuff like that. And he he, he calls it out very well too. Like I'm, you know, mm-hmm. obviously I've had my history with Raheem Sterling simply as a Liverpool fan, but I actually quite respect him as a player, and he's a fucking fantastic player in his own. Uh, just yeah, the, fa- the fact the fact that he's gone to City from Liverpool in a high profile transfer and actually become one of City. Probably the best built football team on the entire planet. One of their integral players is um, just absolutely commendable. Um, mm-hmm. But his his issues with like he has a he had a gun tattooed on his ankle and that went blew up during the was it the World Cup I think. Was it? I don't remember. It was in the lead I've up to the World so Cup. I've heard so much about Sterling. Yeah, the, the, and the like his thing. his explanation was it was just it was part of his background like where he grew up. It's like you know everyone has their own reasons for tattoos. And he yep. just didn't even think, but it, it was put on the pay front page of the paper, and everyone was saying, "Oh, this this guy should get rid of this tattoo, or he should cover it up because it's not good for kids." And I, I, I'd never heard a word about David Beckham's tattoos, but yeah, what? exactly. This, this kid's young, brash, and his skin's a different color than David Beckham, so yeah, we're gonna have a go at his tattoo. So it's it's not hard maybe to, we're, yeah. it's not hard to read between the lines and where that's actually going so it's just it's disappointing that it happens in England as well so yeah maybe worry less about the tattoos that you can hardly see from the stands or on TV and maybe worry a little bit more about bananas being thrown on the field at yeah. black players <laughs> racist insults being thrown at them on Twitter which for some reason you can get banned for you know you know you've been banned from Twitter <laughs> I was, banned, I was banned for four days for calling, and this is like, and I don't, you don't know anything about this case, do you? Which one's that? Uh, Israel Folau is one of Australia's best rugby players, like international rugby player, should be at the World Cup mm-hmm. this year. He's been sacked. Yeah. He's been sacked from Rugby Australia and had his millions of dollars, ten million dollar contract terminated. Yeah, because he's he's turned into a fundamentalist Christian, and he posted. He's been warned about his anti gay rant, yeah. rants or bible verses he posted before and he posted a uh posted a picture on in his instagram saying all these people are going to hell and it was ho- homosexuals atheists so i, I was part of it too yeah, <laughs> yeah. adulterers yeah. all that stuff but and rugby australia finally said you're sacked and then he's come out and he's he did a cra- he did a GoFundMe to fund his legal fees to fight it for religious freedoms and Idiots. It's still in the it's still in the middle of court at the moment. I don't, don't think it's even gone to court yet. He's just it's just in the middle of limbo. But I got banned on Twitter for calling him a cunt <laughs> because he's because he's I actually tagged him in the tweet. It was something to yeah. do with it. It's too, something to do with his GoFundMe. I said you fucking like heartless cunt. Like there's people with cancer that have got GoFundMe's and you, because people all the other idiot religious fundamentalists started donating to his GoFundMe for $3 million to fund his legal fees, which is a guy with a Lamborghini and 
Yeah, sell your Lambo, dude. Yeah, and multiple houses and had just been on a $10 million. Like, he's earned millions of dollars from his career. Um, so, yeah, I got banned from Twitter and I actually reported, I appealed it to Twitter. Like, I got banned that much that I couldn't access my feed. Like, there was the full ban. Like, Twitter was like, you need to either delete your tweet or... Anyway, <laughs> I, appe- I appealed it and Twitter sent back a response saying, yeah, we'll get back to you eventually. And they just never got back to me. And I realized it was Twitter being a soft cock and <laughs> saying that they're not going to, they, they just want me to delete the tweet. So I took a screenshot of it, deleted the tweet, then got my account back and said, here's the tweet that I got banned for and just posted the yeah, screenshot. Yeah, a lot of anyway. people do that. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's stupid that people can do all sorts on Twitter and I can't call someone who's a homophobic cunt a cunt. So, you know, just Twitter's weird and the world is weird that the people that defend, the people that are fighting for freedoms are usually the ones that are actually getting getting exactly yeah. yeah and like that's just completely back backwards because like we were i don't know if we were talking about it on the pod or before the pod but like the racial insults on twitter hurled at uh yeah it was on the pod yeah oh, i think but, it was on the pod yeah. yeah um like why are they allowed to do that yeah like why can like why are racial and like, i certainly know no... that a lot of them probably do get like if they get reported they do get banned but it often takes them getting reported and which i actually just who knows maybe because I tagged the fucking idiot rugby player in my tweet, he might have reported me himself because he was on Twitter at the time. Because I saw him. I posting. bet he did. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I'm proud of it because he's a fucking cunt. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's just it is rough. It is a rough world that all the social media algorithms are often often targeting the people that are responding to the hate rather than the people that are actually putting out the hate. Well, and it kind of goes back to I think we talked about it last week when we were talking about the Iron Front. Is when it comes down to it, like. Twitter is a humongous um, corporation. Like it's class warfare. It's yeah. they probably vote. They probably lean right. Like that Jack guy is weird as hell. Like yeah, that's <laughs> like, the, uh, the official Twitter accounts put out some fucking weird shit. Man. <laughs> like, and he like, like I have no problem like trying to get like mentally right and stuff like through whatever what like whatever means like if it's fasting or blah 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 blah. But he's like, or like going to like those like silent monk buddha um uh what's the word for him i can't think of it but um monastery monastery i don't know what they're called out there but like one of those and trying to get your mind right and stuff and there's something to be said about that but like he's just like he has that zuckerberg dead eye that makes him look like a robot and it's a guy that's got too much money he lacks empathy yeah (laughs) zuckerberg definitely does because he does like facebook doesn't they're just like out and out now saying like, yeah, we gave your stuff away. Yeah. So like, they like they don't care, and like pretty soon, you know, something's gonna come out about Twitter, and hopefully there's an a new thing that's more hell bent on policing what's actually the problem rather than the response to the problem. Yeah. And that goes back to the victim blaming, like we were talking about before to bring it full circle. But yeah, I don't know what, and this is more just about society i don't know what direction we're going but it seems like it's the wrong way at the moment yeah yeah no it is, and it does suck because every time we do one of these pods we're talking about these kind of issues rather than obviously we're about to get onto the on on field stuff that we want to talk we, we the reason we do this pod is we've never shied away from the fact that we will talk about everything that's surrounding sports because we think it's important but um we do obviously do it because we're sports fans and we want to talk about sports so yeah, we've gone half an hour on this, and it's half an hour that we hopefully we're the whole future we're working towards. Hopefully, not having to talk about it, but 
We will yeah, talk I'd about... rather talk about Aubameyang, Pepe, and uh, Lacazette all starting together for 30 minutes rather than this shit every week. But yeah. it is a microcosm of what what society is dictating right now, and it's really disappointing. Yeah, but we will we will not ever shy away from it until it's not an issue. So, but since you've talked about it. That was a fun. That was a that was a weird weird London derby. It was a tale of mm. uh, if if the ever, ever a game could uh, sum up a tale of two halves, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was the best match of the Premier League so far this season. At, um, with four weeks done, with a month in, you know. Um, yeah, certainly the most competitive one between two two contenders. Two really good. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Liverpool and Arsenal didn't live up to the hype. Um, it's There's been a couple it's other my ones, side but of the, it's my side of the pond, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but from just a gameplay standpoint, it was really mm. open. The crowd was super into it. The crowd is finally like back at the Emirates, which was really nice. Um, which it wasn't really into it until Lacazette scored right before half, mm-hmm. which really made the second half um, perfect time to score. Yeah, and you know it was frustrating for Arsenal not to get that goal. I thought they deserved three points but um you take the point being down 2-0 in the first half yeah you got to take the point and um take the positive and momentum i'm kind of disappointed um you know we talked about it before but international break hits you know when you don't when you sometimes you really want it but sometimes you have momentum and it can just kind of throw you off a little bit and i feel like that's what it's doing to arsenal right now because i feel like they had momentum after that yeah, and even like the, the Liverpool result obviously didn't go your way, but I think from a squad standpoint and a coaching standpoint, you've already learned a bit about all, all those a lot of those guys that you brought in learnt a bit, and um, and then going into that Tottenham game, obviously it didn't start well at all, but uh, came through the game and actually should have probably got the points at the end. We'll talk, we'll talk about the Harry Kane incident in a sec, um, diving cunt, but um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I already put my cards on the table, but. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 one thing you know you say it's at the wrong time in terms for break, but it also does g- does give all the, the coaching staff a, a couple of weeks to sit there and go to really digest what they've got from the first month of the season, uh, take the positives, the good and the bad, and and I think you're in a position where you know the squad's pretty good health wise. Um, you've had a go with the the we talked about last week in the pod. Uh, are we going to see that that three pronged attack that we know you guys were working towards with the signings, and you've got it. Uh, you put it out there, and and you know the game didn't go start well, but you ended ended with a flurry that you probably deserve the points. Uh, disallowed goals, just such mm-hmm. a, such a heartbreaker because you just celebrate and then. Uh, but I haven't, oh, seen, yeah. I haven't actually seen a good angle of the line. I assume he was offside because he was off by like half a step. Yeah, but and, and, it's su- and it sucks because without VAR, like often sometimes you get away with those ones, sometimes you don't. But yeah, they didn't call it on the field, so. <laughs> oh, so it was it. So it was a VAR one, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, that's that's that sucks. But, I, but when I saw it right away, it was like, yeah, he's off. Yeah. But yeah, and um, that's and, you know we're gonna have to just learn to accept those ones because that is the that is the uh, the black and white aspect of VAR that is easy to call. But well, in another like just on that play in general and just the overall feeling of Arsenal, like. That's Kolasinac taking that off of a set piece. Like, in the coming weeks when Bellerin is healthy and Tierney is, um, you know, match fit. I 
I don't think he's hurt. I just think he's getting used to the squad because yeah. we signed him so lit. Not we. Arsenal signed him so lit. <laughs> but I think they're on side on that. Like they know to be like Bellerin knows to be on side because yeah. the ball is good. Because it was a it was a heaven ball from Klasnach, but. You know, is maybe one of our more experienced players onside for that. So, yeah, but then uh, the same thing with the, the offside onside, like pulling those traps. It's, it's such a it's such a split second thing too. So it is, know. yeah, yeah, and especially when you you talk about half a step, it's yeah. Liverpool do a do a high line thing at free kicks that they often catch other teams out on, but there was once or twice last year where they did actually fuck it up and the other team scored because they were cheating on trying to push forward. And catch him offside on a free kick usually worked, but there was a couple of times it didn't. So it is such a game. It is, it is, it is the highly more highly drilled you are, the more together the squad is. It does help, but yeah, it's still going to be a game. It's a game of inches in that sense. So yeah. certainly, certainly, yeah, it was a great move. And like you said, half a step doesn't change the fact that it's a good sign to where you guys are moving towards with what mm-hmm. you're trying to do. And- just Pepe's ability to finish in the final third is off right now, and I think yeah. once that figured out a little bit, I think he's just lacking a bit of confidence at mm-hmm. the moment. Like he's really good on the ball; it's just in that, like in creating space in the midfield and pushing forward. But he, just that final third touch is a little off. So once, hopefully, he settles in, gets used to playing with a couple other, because I don't think he was playing with the likes of Laka and. Uh, yeah he was the the start at Lille so yeah yeah so I think he'll get used to it and I think I guess we can kind of turn this into like what's what what's wrong with Chelsea and Man United right now because it definitely seemed like it was going to be a big big race for and it still could be I mean we're four weeks into the season but you know it seemed like it was going to be a bloodbath between Chelsea Arsenal Tottenham and um, United for those last four spots or the last two spots in the top four. Yeah. Since you since Liverpool and City have separated themselves, mm-hmm. so I don't know what's going on with Chelsea and United, but they look out of sorts at the moment. Yeah, I mean the first thing before we get to that, I just want to ask like, this is obviously we're both biased on this, but <laughs> Harry Kane looked for that penalty, didn't he? That was like it, yeah, it was so absolutely. bloody obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't even drinking, and I yelled at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's funny. Did you see the did you see the footage of him being like the the guy interviewing him in the post match actually made him watch the penalty back and it's just so awkward because you can say for pe- see Kane trying to explain away why he he's like oh you know sometimes you get it called sometimes you don't but he's just like you can tell he's watching it and going oh fuck it looks really bad and no so, I turn the I turn the channel when Harry Kane's on I can't stand his mouth breathing voice yeah. like <laughs> I just like tried really hard uh. Didn't get the result of one, but, uh, you know, thought it might have been a penalty. I just like, <laughs> shut up. I, I cannot stand him. Oh. And, like, I I texted you about this. I think, I, like, Spurs are objectively one of the least likable teams out there in international football right now. Like, in yeah. club football. They're, they just have a trio of players that are definitely not likable. And the other one... Yeah, Deli Alley's made himself really unlikable, whereas he was like a cool player a couple of years ago. And now everyone just like he's just, yeah, it's 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 really weird because Spurs were on the up and up a few years ago, being like the hipster team in America, and like it's certainly yeah. like they were like you'd see, but then yeah, I don't know, Harry Lamella, <laughs> like I can't yeah. stand Lamella. Like, did Winks. you watch the Did you watch the Bleacher Report Champion series, like the cartoon series last year? 
I think so. Yeah. Oh my Did they do the Simpsons thing? Maybe not. I don't no, know. it was a like Harry. Ke- like they just. It was like a. They did the Champions, which was like a house, like. Like a yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And the Harry Kane episodes. Are, there was one episode where the entire thing centered around Neymar being dead, and then they the end of the five minutes episode was like fucking Thomas Thomas Muller comes in and it's like, oh, he's the investigator, and it's like, <laughs> who was he talking to before he died? And the light switched <laughs> off. It's like, and then Harry Kane pipes up and goes, oh, I was regaling him about how I met my wife, and it's like. <laughs> ah, yes, we know why he died. He faked his death to get away from a conversation with Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's Neymar. He's ru- just so... <laughs> uh, shoehorn face. Yeah, and then they and then they I end up having kidding. Dan Stevens come in and play him for the rest of the series because it's easier than having Harry Kane play himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just not likable. Um, they are a hip team in, in uh, the United States, but... I think that's going to I think they're going to regress this season and people are going to honestly like FIFA dictates so much of fandom in this country like you'll see it like a lot more people play with Liverpool now like every time you play online you're going to play against Mbappe Liverpool plays with Liverpool. you're not going to play with Real Madrid you're not going to play against Real Madrid as much anymore yeah but you're going to play against Juventus Spurs made its Champions League final people are playing with Spurs but if Spurs regress then people aren't going to like like that's just how it goes here. If their yeah. team's not as good as FIFA, then they won't. <laughs> then people won't like them. My it's pretty right stupid, but it's how it goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then now, like, say, like, I just wanted to bring that up because it was just, it was just funny to me because especially last year we dealt with a lot of Salah diving instances with people talking about it and like the. It's a little bit about that. It's not to get back into that conversation, but the xenophobia that goes between England's England star Harry Kane versus Harry uh, versus Mo Salah. Mo Salah gets contact and goes down easily enough because that's what forwards do when they get contact in the box. Mm-hmm. He's there's a massive row about his diving, his diving, his diving. There's Harry Kane one where he clearly slows his pace and leans into uh, yeah. so- is it Socrates. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's not. It's it's just brushed under the rug again. So it's just one of those other things that I I didn't like. <laughs> I don't like the fact that Harry Kane gets away with a blatant one. And yeah. but anyway, it's it's. I hate all diving, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It is. Doesn't pu- matter who does it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. No, I don't like it either. But it's just. It is. It is interesting the 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 narrative around who does it and how and how it gets framed. But now segueing into because we just talked about Tottenham maybe regressing a bit and then. Chelsea and United, yeah. Um, United is an interesting one because there's some stat came out recently about how they're—I don't know which st- how they've worked this out—but based on their gameplay, they reckon I can't remember which company did this. United stats through their gameplay, their expected points from it should be—they should be second on the table, but they're sixth. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like, well, if you don't score the goals, it doesn't matter. But so some some company thinks that their gameplay is good enough to be second on the table, and and Liverpool's and Liverpool are getting more points than they should. Uh, City are about where they should be, I think, on this one. And then then and then I can't remember where everyone else was, but it's interesting that United are. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if the Oli because his signings, Daniel James is actually playing quite quite good football. Mm-hmm. I watched a bit of the game the other day and he's the bright spot, but then you've got Pogba still not playing anywhere near his France 2018 level and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what to think there because I think the expectation is that the team's going to get better through the season with the signings. and But then I, I wonder how much Pogba still just doesn't quite seem up. And he's been there for three, four years now again in the second stint. So I don't know where his football's at. He just doesn't seem into it. Like yeah. he doesn't know. Or like he did it, you've been just like... <laughs> Um, he just doesn't seem like, like, I don't know what it is. And then obviously, like, the missed penalties just seem lazy. Like, and like, I think somebody was talking about it on NBC Sports that, like, in the first week they had somebody step up and take a penalty and they made it. And it's like, why wouldn't you just stick with the person who has the confidence coming off a made penalty? Yeah. And like, is, are they trying to overthink things? Maybe. I don't, I don't have the answers. I've just seen the results mainly. Same with Chelsea. I actually watched the Sheffield United uh, comeback, though, which was... I did not, because I just assumed Chelsea was going to... I just didn't even think that game was going to be of interest, and now I wish I had, but... Yeah, I was, like, reading a book, and then Sheffield United scored, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll pay attention to this a little <laughs> bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, United, United, I think it's it's a little bit that Solskjaer still hasn't quite got a handle on the squad as far as laying down the law a little bit, and he's try- maybe trying to pander to a few of his... Um, you know, Pogba's obviously um, quite a worldwide star. Uh, Lingard wants to be. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Lingard seems like he should be on Spurs. But <laughs> <laughs> I did see somebody tweet, like, Deli Alley makes Lingard look like a fucking saint. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, yeah. Did they jump the gun on, on hiring him full-time, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I've seen that. There's that video of uh, back when they were having that run before it broke yeah. apart last year with Rio Ferdinand saying, bring him in, sign him the lifetime contract, do this, do that, everything, hand yeah. the keys of the city to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And uh, ever since he's did that interview, it's been reposted on Twitter a lot the last couple of weeks as everyone's enjoying the schadenfreude of it. Um, because Of course. Yeah, it's he's he's an inexperienced manager. He was His management career at Cardiff saw them relegated embarrassingly badly and then I think he went to Mould in Norway I, I've said that probably terribly it's probably Molde I don't know yeah like, who, who knows um, you're from the upside down I don't, I don't I don't mean to be like disrespectful to it I just don't know how to say the name so um, yeah I think I can't remember I think it might have gone okay but it was nothing special he's been hired purely because he's a club he's got some management experience and they were hoping his club legend status or cult hero status because he's not even He's got, well, he scored the goals in, in, in that Champions League final. So, you know, there's some legend status that comes from that. But, yeah, they, they're trying to use – when you're trying to use the status of a, status of a former player rather than their actual managerial, managerial experience, that's already a red flag. <coughs> Kenny <Yeah>. Daglish. <coughs> yeah, he won titles, though. Not with Liverpool, though, right? Yeah, he, was, he, he won them as player-manager in the 80s. Oh, player manager, whatever. He was player manager. <laughs> I mean, like when you guys brought him back, like recently, like yeah, but he still he still actually we brought him back to take over from Roy Hodgson. <laughs> but that's actually a good and and segue. and Kenny Dalglish also went to Black Chelsea. Right? Yes, yeah. Like, it's like I wouldn't be like thrilled if Ian Wright came and coached Arsenal, and I know there was some talk about. Well, I wouldn't be after um, seeing him on TV either. He's 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 a hot take guy. <laughs> I like him though, but no, he, he's fun to listen to. It's just I couldn't imagine him as a manager, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, there was talk about. Um, It'd be like Michael, Michael Owen as a manager would be just fucking horrible. Oh, he's he's been through enough. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't need to deal with the abuse that he would take as a manager. <laughs> um, like his hot takes would be, "Oh, it's raining outside. It might be a little bit wet." <laughs> But Thierry Henry was, like, talked about when he was at Monaco as, like, taking over Arsenal one day. And I'm like, no. Like, he's <laughs> an awesome footballer, but, like, he can't even, like, hang at Monaco. Like, what are we what are we talking about here? Yeah. So, like, I think Chelsea – I think also think Chelsea maybe went the wrong way with Fatty Frank because it's I – don't, I don't know. What was his background? Like, an he assistant had, coach? He had a decent no, – well, he coached Derby last year, but – Okay. Yeah. Um, and they had a good year where they almost got into the Premier League. So, like, I can understand. But there's a big step from taking a team in the Championship that's you know the, up to that level, and then going to Chelsea, which is running a completely different way. It's just an Champions entirely League. different. And it, again, they're taking someone that's got some okay management experience and hoping the club legend status bridges the gap, and it's not going to do that, particularly with a team that's got a transfer ban. Which I do wonder if. They've made the, the decision based on the fact they're like, well, we're not going to be that great anyway. Let's uh, see, let's see how he does. So there is a little bit of a a mulligan you can give him for that because they might be prepared to give him the time, which is completely not what Roman Abramovich usually does. But yeah, I wonder if that's part of it because they they're not expecting too much anyway. But yeah, beyond that, it, it is it does seem like a peculiar choice. So he hasn't certainly done the reps. Well, and it is kind of, it does seem problematic a little bit for when you go with these legends because they get a longer leash, so you're stuck with them longer because the fans will remember when, you know, Lampard won the Champions League, not yeah. the recent. So they'll have a longer leash, and that'll just dig them in a deeper hole. So, you know, Arsene Wenger actually kind of had that at Arsenal because they remember the Invincible season and stuff like that. Yeah. But he probably should have went before he did. So yeah, yeah. It is... I mean, they both those teams just look out of sorts right now. So I don't know. Maybe the international break will help them regroup a little bit, but yeah, it might. Right, like I think right now, not... it seems like the top four is, in my opinion, solidified already. <laughs> if they continue that doing that, because yeah, I think United are the team that probably have a bit of bit bigger upside because they've got the they've certainly got the talent to bridge the gap a little bit. And depending on where Tottenham go, um, I think you guys well, are... Well, you, Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> already, so. Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea, I certainly don't... I think they're the ones I'm worried about the most. I'm not worried about personally, because who fucking cares? Worried about, like, <laughs> maintaining... Yeah, I, like, if I was going to put myself in a Chelsea fan's shoes, I would um, shoot myself first, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then, uh, yeah, you gen- genuinely worry about the transfer ban. Like, I mean, they've got they've got a couple of players in that were already sealed beforehand. But Pulisic, for the money yeah. they for the money they spent on him, it's a it's a worrying deal because he was already staying. <laughs> he fell behind Jadon Sancho at uh, Dortmund last year. Anyway, I certainly yeah. was impressed. I went to the Dortmund game last year where he started, and he and he certainly Pulisic when he's comfortable looks. He's a very impressive footballer, but he's certainly not something I'd. Seventy million, I think, was his paying overs for him, and uh, jersey sales in the United States. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad investment, but those new Nike kits are fucking goddamn. You've seen yeah. those ones they've dropped the '90s retro, like goddamn. Yeah. 
Chelsea and Tottenham are the two worst teams to have those. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, this kind of like segues into like Chelsea is in the Champions League this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Champions League tables got presented this uh, this past week. Um, not really a group of death. Um, oh, there is one. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. There is one. There was even a. Well, it's Group A then. Um, I guess what is what I would say. Um, is with that, is that PSG, one? Real Madrid, and Galatasaray. No, there's one that's worse than that. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, right. I'm gonna find it and I'll uh, read it out to you. Because there was um, even the, the there was even the video of the uh, yeah it's this one. So you got Barcelona. Yeah, Group F. Borussia Dortmund, Inter Milan, and Slavia Prague. Yeah. So there was the there's actually video of the Slavia Prague guys that were at the draw just fucking laughing when they got read out to yeah. them because they were like, "This is fucked. Like we're done." That that to that, that to me I think is the group of death because Inter Milan is a team that you'd half expect to go through depending on the group they get, whereas they're probably the third best team there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Dortmund, it's it's probably a weaker group of death than other years, but because Dortmund, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, PSG and Real Madrid and Galatasaray certainly probably a close second because the, yeah. the top level of that group's better because there's two teams yeah. with a lot of talent, whereas Barcelona's by far and away the best team and then you've got Dortmund and... Dortmund yeah. and um, yeah, we can run... We'll, okay, so we'll do a quick fire. So Group A, you got Club Rouge, Galatasaray, so Club Rouge from Belgium, Galatasaray, Turkey, PSG, France, Real Madrid, Spain. Um, I'm probably going to fuck up. Where, where, I'm not even going to read that. I shouldn't do the team <laughs> the, the, where they're from. Yeah, I'm going to fuck, know, I'm gonna fuck gonna one of them up. I'm fine. On the next group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But that'll be, that'll be a, I mean, PSG and Real Madrid to go through, obviously. PSG to win the group, I would think. But Yeah, uh, so we can talk about that briefly right now. Um, PSG... We were talking about last week about teams that were favoured, and we're talking about PSG maybe falling away a little bit. But they held on to Neymar. They got Mauro Icardi on loan, so lock up your wives, Paris. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they got uh, they, and they bought Ke- Kayla Navis from Real Madrid, who was their former starting keeper before they bought Thibaut Courtois. So PSG have gone from uh, I'm still not because Na- Mbappe's injured for a bit. Neymar. Could just be a sulking bitch for the entire season. We don't know <laughs> where he's at because or he's hurt or you know all that stuff. Or just partying, or just partying somewhere and forgetting that he's got a match. Um, but a lot of people are writing off PSG because of last year. But like they were, in, they should have been in contention for winning the Champions League. They should you have know, been they, in it for they, the last four years, to be honest. Yeah, and they went out last year on. Uh, <laughs> A fifty-fifty call is probably the right call, but it's like you hate to see like you hate to see a team go out on that because yeah, it doesn't happen in the pre-VAR area. I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely not. And yeah, yeah. so they're definitely in contention. Mm-hmm. So moving on to Group B, um, it's Bayern Munich. Um, not even gonna try to pronounce that other it's other red, team. It's, it's Red Star Belgrade, if you want to put it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Cervenia Zavad, yeah. Bezda, um, and then Olympiacos, who's a mainstay usually mm. in um, the Champions League and Spurs. So obviously, I feel like England got a, a fairly easy draw Fucking... throughout throughout this um, throughout the groups because 
maybe that's having all four teams as um, the Europa League and Champions League fi- finalists, but I don't, City, or it just figured that City by just have it. City would just have being the champion have be in that pot as well. It's just yeah. I would say Liverpool's group um, is easier than City's, but we'll get to that in a second. No, <laughs> I think Napoli changes it for us, but yeah, City's group City's group is a fucking cupcake world. But anyway, Group B, Munich top, I would say. Um, yeah, definitely. Because to segue again, like I might segue a bit as we go through the groups, but um, Coutinho has had an okay start at Munich. Like he's actually, there. Yeah. He's just already looks a little bit more at home than he ever did at Barca. So, um, but besides that, Munich are just such a powerhouse team anyway. Yeah. Um, I think they're playing. They they beat they domestically. They had a bad. Their first game wasn't so good, but they just won six nil against um Mites, uh, Klop, <laughs> Klops Klops. Uh, playing career team and as well as his first team as a manager, but so you know they they cruised, which you know it's nothing nothing much to say they cruised in a cupcake domestic sure. fixture, but you just expect that they'd. It'd be interesting to see how the t- games between them and Tottenham go because that's obviously probably yeah. the side first and second, but yeah, I can't I can't imagine Tottenham with the indifferent start they've had to the season this year repeating some of the heroics they had last year. So. Uh, on the road because they had some big results on the road in the Champions League last year, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would expect Munich to finish top and Tottenham second, pretty obviously. Yeah. And then Olympiacos probably. Oh, Red Star Belgrade. Uh, the battle for the the Europa League spot between Belgrade and Olympiacos might be interesting. Yeah, I don't have any barometer on those teams, obviously. So that's just, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. Um. So, Group C, Atlanta. Dynamo Zagreb, Man City, Shakhtar Donetsk. You know, a lot of names you recognize, but um, not a lot of names you recognize after the group stages. Yeah. But uh, that's what you get for winning the Premier League, though. So. Yeah, City, that's that's unreal that they, they've got some of the most cupcakes. Get, like, they're, they're road But through. they always win the Premier League. That's why, right? Don't they? No, but, but yeah, it is, it is weighted towards... So Liverpool and City were both in Group 1, uh, or Pot 1, so... That's why City Liverpool have got a, a lot better group than they had last year, but it's still unusual for them not to get another pretty recognisable. It's just yeah, yeah. Every other group at least you've got a little like even Liverpool, Napoli's the second place team in Italy last year, so and yeah. obviously a reasonable team. So it's just it's just weird. I'm not claiming, so, I'm not claiming any shenanigans about it. I'm just saying it's no. Just, but I wouldn't. So be, probably City uh, City's a grab. I, I mean, one of those teams has to finish second. <laughs> yeah, and Shakhtar have gone to the uh, knockouts, I think, recently. So uh, I think it would be Atalanta. Like, Atalanta have come up from, I think they finished third in Italy last year. So I, I have no idea what, who's in their squad, to be honest. Um, yeah. I would expect them to finish bottom, and I think it could be the next uh, just shading second. It would be between Zagreb and the next for third uh second and third but city are gonna probably get through with maybe uh, they'll get through undefeated they should get through undefeated and it could they're not gonna lose any matches no and and whether whether they they they'll probably win the group within the first three matches and then they could be and and so they'll be resting guys so whether i don't think they'll win every match only because they don't have to play aguero may not play one or two of those matches you know that that kind of lineup being put out so yeah. So moving on to Group B, this has sneaky possibilities of yeah. um, 
you know, um, a really fun group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the order I think they're going to finish yeah. <laughs> rather than what they presented it in alphabetical order. But Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Bayern, Le- Bayer Leverkusen, Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, obviously, going to Russia isn't going to be fun for some of these no. teams. There, there, there were some <laughs> points dropped there some for someone. But yeah. um, Juventus, we talked about it earlier. Um, other than their fans being, their ultras being complete dicks with rocket launchers, um, <laughs> they do have one of the best players in the world, and they just haven't been able to win at the highest level, but they've been around the highest level for a long time. Yeah. So, And Ronaldo hasn't shown any signs of regression. Well, maybe a little bit, but... Obviously, he's not going to be quite as fast as he was, but he's still a world-class finisher. Still has free kicks. That he's a, probably even better at free kicks now. But yeah, well, so. that technique, like you saw Andrea Pirlo towards the end of his career, was just always getting better at free kicks. It was just yeah, that dead ball technique is something he can always improve. I think. And then Atletico is just, I mean, how oh, I, I mean uh, Leverkusen for the second spot. Yeah. Um, to segue again as we're going through it, because there's a few of my notes. One of them was. Atletico start to the domestic season there. They've they're three and three and at top of the top of the table. Um, I think Madrid a second, a game behind maybe, and then Barcelona a third with one win, one draw, one loss. So Atletico have got so a slight slight Ewing theory possibility with uh, <laughs> with Griezmann. Atletico, yeah. Um, well, they've brought in Hawaii. Best player. Well, they've brought in. Uh, they've sold Griezmann, who was always going to go. And then they've brought in Hoa Felix, who is again last year last week I said I might have fucked up the pronunciation pronunciation. Um, <laughs> but he might be he's he was touted as the wonder kid of the summer to buy and they bought him. So if you're going to sell your best player and you know, one of the gener- one of the big players in the world at the moment, to buy the wonder kid, not a bad replacement. And he's had a good yeah. start to his career there too. So they're three from three and domestically at Letico and and so it got an early early jump on Barca and Real Madrid, and Barca are in a little weird place where Messi's older, Griezmann isn't settled yet, Suarez is obviously Suarez way older, yeah. So aging. Um, Real Madrid still haven't really solved the post Ronaldo problem yet because their best player is still Gareth Bale, who has never been liked there at all. Um, so you know, Atletico might be uh, a sneaky at the domestic title this year because they've always been close enough around. They won it, you know, four or five years ago. Uh, it's just do they have the depth to make a deep run in the Champions, Champions League, League as, well. as well as possibly seeing a chance to win the domestic title? That might be where they. So I, I would say Juventus first, Atletico second is probably likely, being that they're. Yeah. You know, but it depends how they're obviously fitness and all those things are intangibles. We don't know until they happen, but yeah. Leverkusen. Uh, to, uh, Leverkusen yeah. down to Europa. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> but Lokomotiv Moscow. Always, yeah. I've I've seen. Lo- I've not that I've ever watched their games apart from any time I see them in Champions League or Europa. But I've seen them play. They're a tough. Any any team going to Russia is a tough, tough match. Mm-hmm. So, Arsenal yeah. obviously had it last year in the Europa League. So yeah, depends if they can steal, if they <laughs> if fun. they can somehow get three points from one of their home matches against maybe Leverkusen and then get a draw against you know a. a bad night for Atletico Madrid or even Juventus which can happen yeah. then that's where that's where that third place really gets dicey so yeah yeah um at the other uh. side note is Atletico Juventus had the incredible two-legged tie last year where yeah Diego Simeone's so. cojones and then Ronaldo <laughs> throwing it right back at him in the second league so it'll be interesting to see yeah. like, if there's any fireworks because of that or if it's just a 
or if they just left it in the past, who knows? But yeah, that'll be a, a sneaky, sneaky fun group right yeah. there. Um, groupy, not exactly sneaky fun, but sneaky fun for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I think Liverpool should roll through it if you want to run through the teams. Yeah, so we got Gank. Is it Gank or Jank? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they're I, from. I, like, I've never actually heard the name said, so... <laughs> that's ter- Like, I should I should know, but I just haven't... Like, you know, no disrespect. So they're, in, Bel- so they're in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, Belgium. But, yeah, I just haven't... They're not a team I've ever... I don't think I've ever seen them in any games I've ever watched in Europa or anything, so... I've certainly seen the name, but, yeah. Um, beyond that... Uh, yeah, Nap- Napoli's... We had a interesting we lost to them in a last minute win that oh yeah yeah no wonder you're worried about him but i don't as carlo ancelotti as well he's obviously been a historically good manager and and they've got a good side so going to italy and playing them is never easy and then it was Mm -hmm. hard hard out to we had to get past them to get into the group stages last year so yeah that was wild yeah so but obviously we don't have last year we also had psg to contend with in the group this year we don't so i would say it's with how much better we've gotten and i don't think napoli have progressed much further i think we should probably finish top it could be one of those you know europe's weird and if we have a we've got i think i've gone through our schedule we've got chelsea after one of our european matches this year then we've got city is after another one of them so it depends how klopp manages the squad through that depending on if we drop some points that we shouldn't, because we had a bat, we lost 2-0 at Red Star Belgrade last year, mm-hmm. where we just yep. completely shouldn't have, and that made it a little bit diff- more difficult. But uh, beyond that, beyond that kind of scenario, we should finish top, Napoli comfortably second, and then probably Red Bull third. So, yeah. And what's good, and what's big for Liverpool is they don't have to, I mean, the furthest they're going is Na- Napoli, and that's, not that far away, yeah. honestly, when it comes to it. And um, so that's pretty big for travel um, and keeping yeah. legs fresh. Um, I mean, they're Red, young That's men, Red Bull Salzburg, sorry. I should say that because there's like that many different Red Bulls in yeah. Europe. There's yeah, Leipzig and fucking Mosk- somewhere in Russia. Oh, it's not Leipzig? <laughs> no, no, it says like... Salzburg in Austria. I think it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. still not that far, so. No, no, it's not. It's just, I, I just said Red Bull, and then I realized I should just clarify which one. So Yeah, yeah. it does look, just look like New York Red Bull, too. Um, yeah, there's four different Red Bull teams, I think. It's just ridiculous. Anyway. So, that's, like, three three English teams getting through we have already, I think. So, that's a pretty big deal. But yeah. um, now we get to the group of death. We've already touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of already explained. It'll... It'll probably be Barcelona Dortmund yet again through, but I don't know. I just don't know what to make of Inter Milan right now. Yeah, so. well, like Lukaku obviously is their big signing this year, but they've they've just loaned out Mauro Cardi as we said we're talking about in the PSG part of it because and that was like very he's been on the been on the way out there for a long time, being that he's banging his teammates' wives and not having a good, <laughs> not having a good relationship with the fans in general. Truly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like Inter Milan are the team that are probably the first ones out, kind of, if we're going to go college basketball. <laughs> yeah. Talk. But, uh, yeah, you'd say Barcelona. Well, so this is the thing we were talking about before when I was talking about Atletico Madrid and Real and the Spanish domestic season. It's 
Barcelona, it's hard to get a Verona, and then yeah, obviously they're probably going to be pretty good this year. But I don't know if they're going to be at that top level that we, the Barcelona that we've known and, or not loved, but respected over the last decade. Respect. Yeah. Um, whether they're going to be quite at that level. And once you start taking that edge off the top of that kind of team, that's where points, unexpected points start getting dropped more. So the Barcelona Dortmund back home and home will be interesting. And then where Inter Milan can pick up points to try and get into that conversation around that, it'll be interesting. I think it'd be Barcelona first, Dortmund second, but I think it might be a bit closer than some might expect looking at it. And it's being a group of death, obviously. That's just how yeah. it is. But yeah, there'll be points stolen from each other unexpectedly and then it might just come down to... There could be a goal difference decision in there between first and second or second and third. Um, Drink. Yeah, definitely, definitely the possibility of Dortmund, you know, whenever they play Barcelona at home. It's like, and Dortmund is up three to nothing yeah. in the first half, shocking Barcelona. Like, definite possibilities of that just because Messi they're just young. fucking standing in the center circle, just looking dejected and Suarez. Just looking exactly Suarez like he did yelling anything. at someone. And yeah. yeah. Definite possibilities there, but I do think both those teams get through. Do, Slavia, Pra- do Slavia Prague get a point? And there's no disrespect to them, it's just. Yeah, other, a point. All those teams are going to be fighting so much to get every point they can. They might actually look at Slavia Prague as a team. We need to get the three from this to build to, yeah. Um, if you're giving me a half point over under, I'll give them the over. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One and a half. I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, um, Group? Oh, we still have two groups left. Yeah, Group this... D's the uh, the odd one. There's always that one group that doesn't actually have an A-level team in it, you know, because Bar- yeah. either Barcelona or Dortmund could drop in there, and, and there's no dis- disrespect to Benfica or, or Leon. Because Benfica's I... made runs, you know, yeah. and they'll, they'll, they'll get through this group, but it's Benfica, Leon, Red Bull, Leipzig, who we were just discussing, um, and Zenit. So, yeah. kind of all over the place. Um, obviously, going to Russia again for these teams, that gives Zenit a big, uh, big advantage, but... Um, yeah. And Leipzig, I don't really know what to think of it. I don't know much about any of these teams. Well, so Leipzig, Leipzig, Leipzig are an I- interesting one because they've got still yeah. got Timo Werner. Um, uh, have they got Have they got that um, young American kid? I'm just trying to. Wrong person to ask on that. I know probably not good content. Yeah, no, they do. Ty- Tyler podcast. Tyler Adams, who's a, who's a, I've just I've just just quickly jumped on Google. Yeah, it, it is the one I was thinking of. He's Tyler Adams. He's a twenty years old. Um, come through the Red Bull New York system, so they've obviously done the... They're all tied together, yeah. Yeah, but so, like, Leipzig are obviously where Naby Keita came from for Liverpool Liverpool people out there, but um, not the worst team. Uh, so the, 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 it is going to be that one. That's going to be one of those groups that actually be... If you just want to watch some good football for a little while, like, you might see turn on Leipzig, Benfica, and get a real cracker game, or yeah. Leon, Leipzig... Zenit, Benfica, like that's actually going to be a really that's going to be a group to watch for. I couldn't actually pick it to be honest. Yeah, it's that's probably the one. I, 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 like I, if you're a betting, if you're a betting person, I'd just fucking stay away from it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, finally rounding it out um, with one of the easier draws for an English team, but also with the way they've been playing lately. Who knows if they get through? But um, yeah. it's I. <laughs> that would be know, a fun storyline. Ajax, a team who easily could have made the the Champions League final last year, probably should have. 
and and they could have won it. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, uh, obviously would have expected Liverpool to win against either of those teams they played. Um, but Ajax yeah. were very good last year and had two very good players go to Juventus and Barcelona respectively. So no obviously lost lost a lot of talent, but mm. but looked not terrible playing into the into the group stage. And um, then there's Chelsea, then LOSC. Lille. Don't. That's Lille? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell by their logo. No, it's, it's like it's, a it's, arena it's, yeah. football league team. Yeah, no, it is. It's Lil. Um, so yeah, that's where you got your boy from. So yeah, um, so probably not very good anymore. But uh, then Valencia, another Spanish uh, traditional power, but um, another group that's kind of like Group G. Kind of looks like it was slapped together last minute, like last minute project. <laughs> get yeah. a C plus on, but um, <laughs> I guess probably Ajax and Chelsea get through. Um, it just depends how Ajax bounce back from losing their players and Lille bounces back from losing Pepe. And I don't see Valencia getting through, but... Yeah, Valencia have had an indifferent start to their domestic season. I just don't think they've quite got the strength to probably... Per- certainly Ajax, despite the losses they've had, have still got a couple of really good talent. Like, obviously got some talented players there still. Mm. And Chelsea should just get through because they've got enough talent to be able to battle through that group. I it would be interesting yeah. to actually see if Ajax could finish top top that group. They almost mm. they almost topped their group last year with uh Bayern Munich. I think it was like a wild three two game or three three Yeah, something. last year was just weird. Yeah. So it was all over the place. Like like you guys almost didn't make the knockout round and then won like it was just all over the place. Yeah. And which what, is, which all, is generally all four English teams went through. Yeah. So what's so if I gave you three and a half English teams to get through, do you take the over or under? Yeah, we got we got five, don't we? So uh um No, just just four, I believe. No, don't we have five? Because Chelsea Chelsea's Oh no, first. Chelsea made it in there anyway, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Chelsea yeah. come through via, yeah. United um, didn't get through. Yeah, no, that's my bad. Uh God, I think I might actually take. Uh, I want to take the under just because I, I. No, nah. I'm just looking through it again. There's no way that Tottenham don't get through. Yeah. City, City obviously are a lock. Liverpool, I think, are a lock. And Chelsea, yeah, no, nah, you got to take the four. Four, all four have got to get through. There's no like it, Chelsea would be the interesting one because depending on how, like, I just think they're good enough to be able to battle past Lille and Valencia. I don't think they're great this year. I don't think they're all easy teams to beat, but yeah, I think all four have got to get through that, what they've been given. So that's a pretty good run with uh, recent form for England in the Champions. But the thing is, Tottenham and Chelsea are both like, like Tottenham will battle Bayern for first spot, but probably finish second, and I, I think there's every chance Chelsea could finish behind Ajax, so yeah. Uh, so you'd have both of those through going through on the harder side of the draw. So that then it would just be, be interesting to see who they get. You know, they could end up against Barca's in the first the round of sixteen. So you could get all four through, but then the two of them drop out very quickly, and then you know, there's every chance City and Liverpool happen happen to come up against a bad team in the first round of sixteen too. But that's obviously easier chance for them. So well, 
stay tuned to see how wrong we were about all of this. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> we went pretty chalk, but you know, I'll have to. I might. Have, I'm, I'll listen back to it and write and note and just note down our picks later on. And then when it comes to when we're through the group stages in December, then I'll, I'll we'll go run run back through it and see how see how well we did. Well, we are less than two weeks away from the group stage. It begins Tuesday the seventeenth if you're in America. So, um, stay tuned. Um, Liverpool kicks off with Napoli, so that'll be a big match, and yeah. um, it's the same day as Dortmund Barcelona. So they're hitting us over the head um was and then on wednesday psg plays real madrid so and atletico plays juventus so hitting us over the head early on with some pretty big matches um should be fun this so just, and they're doing just how I they're like doing it. the thing where they split time again so yeah um, which is which is kind of fun you know i, don't, I never get i certainly never get up for the earlier ones but what's frustrating is that psg real madrid and atletico madrid and juventus are all at the same time um yeah. Same with uh, Napoli, Liverpool, and Dortmund, Barcelona. So yeah. maybe they could do a little bit better on that. <laughs> but yeah. um, obviously the game, the teams in Russia and Eastern Europe, you're going to have to play the early games. because. So we'll yeah. see. Um, I'm sure w- there will be upsets. You know, nobody had Ajax making the Final Four last year. And so... No, no one had Tottenham making it either, so it was, it was a really odd one. No, like, and they never but... will again. So, <laughs> hang on, Spurs fans. <laughs> so, um, so we're we're probably in, we're an hour and seventeen in, into this one already. So we we'll probably just wrap up with a quick, quick touch on MLS. We don't have to get spend too much time on it because we did a bit last week. But uh, Timbers got a good result last week. Um, yeah, which we're still just because of the virtue to the terrible start of the season. We're just we're just outside the playoff picture just at the minute. I think in a dogfight, but yeah. which which if Ga- know, which Galaxy have inexplicably dropped right into. Um, um, only four separate four points separate three through eight. Yeah, which, which is the fucking, Timbers are eight right now, yeah. and um, you know a lot of those teams have games in hand. Dallas has two games in hand on Portland, so and yeah. they're only three points clear of Portland. Shout out to my new soccer blog that David will be on. Three points clear. Three points so, clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be breaking up these uh these podcasts a little bit so I can throw them on for school credit um, yeah. when we talk about the MLS. But uh, yeah, um, I think that results on um, Saturday night Timbers. Um, it was a hard fought one, and mm-hmm. it's one that um, they really needed after a couple rough losses yeah. that kind of dashed the hopes. And that Seattle match, we talked about it. It was an outlier. It was a weird. It didn't. I don't know. It's there it was feels, a lot. It more feels th- like we might have tanked the season for a better cause, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, it, that kind of thing. How, but depending on how it shakes out. But if you look, Portland's the only team with twenty-seven matches played that is below or everyone above Portland has at least one more match played than Portland. So it's while they are not, on the not, outside not looking, you want to be, yeah. Yeah. But Portland plays sporting Kansas city this week, and that'll be a huge match because mm-hmm. they're three points back. Also could have named the blog that <laughs> three <laughs> points back of uh, Portland and half plus, half plus four, three points clear. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> Um. So I think Portland should make it. I said it. Um, 
in a video I made earlier this week. Um, but we'll see. You know, those yeah. back-to-back losses really did take the piss out of them a little bit. So um, yeah, the team's certainly good enough to be there. It's just that the, the start of the season was rough, and then which has left us always that work that has got. And I say us, we're obviously Timbers fans. So, um, but yeah, it's just left us that work to do to make up that ground that was we just dropped so far back on the start of the season. So, yeah, every... every Understandably so. But with six of our last seven at home, um, with the one away match coming at Sporting Kansas City, which Portland never really plays very well there, got to take care of... Can't drop... Can't be losing at home, Yeah, I guess, at this point. We should just, like... We should turn our our MLS talk just into Timbers... The Timbers Minute. (laughs) (laughs) We just talk about the Timbers... But the schedule is definitely not the easiest down the stretch for Portland. You know, Kansas City this weekend, who always plays tough. D.C. United, I don't know what Rooney's status will be. And like I said, all of these matches are at home except um, the second Kansas City one. D.C. United, who knows what Rooney's status will be. Then New York Red Bulls, a playoff team. Um, Minnesota United, which will be a huge matchup for points in the Western Conference playoff standings. And... Um, then New England at Kansas City and close out with San Jose, which would be a nice um, – always nice to beat San Jose. Can't yeah. stand that team. So, <laughs> um, Agreed. You know, it's, I would give them an 80% chance of making the playoffs. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably about where it's at because everything with the home field is certainly such a boon at this point. But, yeah, it's those, those few points dropped the last few weeks have been quite detrimental to where because we, we was just starting to establish ourselves in that bottom half of the, the playoff picture and then just dropping those couple of games really didn't help but um and then you know it's it's unfortunate to see <laughs> seattle really starting to boost themselves back up the standings a little bit but yeah that, that game against the galaxy was a little wild uh yeah I don't and know. it's not only that you know we have the home field. It's like getting DC. Well, DC United were playing at three thirty, but playing New York Red Bulls at ten thirty, playing New, the New New England Revolution at ten thirty Eastern. Yeah. Eastern time, like that's a big it's advantage. Really fucking with their schedules, yeah. Yeah. So, hopefully, um, obviously, we'll check back in weekly on the Timbers Minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sponsored this by Timbers Minute has been beer. brought to you by Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer. Miller beer. <laughs> uh, I, I'll just dr- keep drinking my nameless beer from a completely different country called Ireland. Yeah. Um, well, if we ever do one on a day where before, like after I have class, then I will. It will be brought to you by Miller High Life. <laughs> we, we we will have to do that at some point, but this yeah, this timing does work well. But um, we still haven't. I mean. Uh, just touch on it briefly, like we don't we don't follow the East as much, obviously, because of our allegiances, but Philadelphia and Atlanta had a match on the weekend that uh, went Philadelphia's way, which being that they're top of the ta- top of the East is quite tight as well. Philadelphia are now three points clear of Atlanta who are in third, Philadelphia top. Now that three one result for Philadelphia seems like a little bit of a marker in the sand. Um, without actually having watched too much of the match, who knows if it was just yeah. yeah, I didn't get to catch much of it just because, I mean, big weekend with college sports yeah. and uh, other things of that nature. But Atlanta fell to third, but um, 
I think it's going to be tight there. Like it's um, Atlanta is certainly Martinez. I think scored for them. Um, you know, they're still obviously a a, a massive threat because they've just they they've got a really good side together there. But they seem to be in a lot more of a dogfight than they've been the last couple of their first couple of years in the league. So. It does make it interesting in the East, I think, and I, I, I wouldn't be able to pick who was going to come out of that. I, like, if I'm going to pick who I think will, without putting my heart into it, like LAFC are obviously, to me, the pick out of the West. Out of the East, I, I wouldn't be able to pick it. Yeah. Well, LAFC is currently 16, if I'm doing math right, yeah, 16 points clear of Seattle in second place. That's <laughs> fucking just ridiculous. Whereas, uh, in their... 11 points clear of Philadelphia, who's in first place, as you mentioned, yeah. in the Eastern Conference. But Philly's at 51, NYCFC 50, and Atlanta at 48. So that's kind of, you know, anything could happen over the last six, seven matches of the season. Um, DC, you know, it is tight, kind of like the Western Conference. Um, when it comes to four through nine, it does look like, uh, well, not four. <laughs> I shouldn't say. <laughs> it, it's still just eight points um, between four and ten, actually, in that yeah. conference. So anything can happen. Um, Toronto's actually done well to bounce back from a, a bad start. But it is a heavy, top-heavy conference. Yeah. Whereas I think... The Western Conference is going to be a bloodbath of a playoff picture. Yeah, as you've said um, on your um, uh, forthcoming blog, three points clear than <laughs> the entire <laughs> Western Conference in the lead up the rest of this season is going to be a bloodbath. Because, yeah, you've got Portland out just outside of the playoff picture at the moment, but only, what were you saying, four or five points off a of second? So it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Five points off of third. Five points third. Yeah. Um, Six points off a second, and both those teams have a match in hand, or yeah. we or uh, the Timbers have a match in hand. On the Timbers them, have so. a match in hand on them. So yeah, like so you. you yeah, win. I was saying that wrong. So if you take if you take that match in hand um, and win it, uh, like obviously a match in hand is only as good as what you do with it. Um, yeah, it's like a bird in the hand. Yeah, that's whatever. what I was trying to think of. <laughs> a, ma- a match in hand is worth two in the uh, two on the uh, artificial turf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, so like you, you sit there and say, all right, we win that match in hand, then you're only three points behind second and, you know, all things being equal, like it's just going to be a fucking shit show. A fun little thing about the Western Conference also is that Seattle's in second place with a plus three goal differential. Well, LAFC currently sits in first with a plus 44 goal differential. That's so ridiculous. It's, um... They are by far and away the best team in the West, and it's not even close. The, it's just gonna, yeah, the Galaxy currently have the last spot with a minus four goal differential. So that's where you would hope the Timbers would be able to jump above them. And God, the LAFC Fiat's are really beating the shit out of Zlatan's Ferraris, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 44, man. That's, that's crazy. The yeah. next closest in the league, I think, is um, plus 11 or plus 14 or plus 17. Yeah, so. as much as I like, I don't like LAFC or anything. Like, I don't really care for any either LA team. I don't care for LAFC, but it's kind of like City in the Premier League. I don't care for how they've been built. I think it's all illegal money and that's dirty, but their squad on the field is hard. You can't, you like, you just, you, if you separate the the way it's been built to what you're actually just watching. It's just respectable. Like that that team is obviously Carlos Vela's having a fucking record breaking season, but the Yeah. 
he can't do it alone. Obviously, there's everything around, like the rest of the squad's just working brilliantly. They've got a they've got a good stadium down there. They've at least built some, you know. Where the Chargers that, play? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they get they will they get better home sport than the Chargers do. So that's something. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, good on them. I uh, you know the the LAFC. I, the good thing, I mean, not the good thing, depending on which side of the ball you are at the end of the ninety minutes, but. The MLS playoffs being the fact that they are a, a football sport that t- does playoffs, um, you know, LAFC could have a terrible game and we could win, which we did in the it was the Open Cup we beat them, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. that was the the best run of the season. Yeah, um, we beat them. You know, wins over beat Galaxy, LAFC. Sanders, I think yeah. they beat NYCFC as well on the road and stamped that, their home yeah. streak. So they have it in them to make solid yeah. runs. It's just I don't know those back-to-back losses just just fucking shat on a lot of the yeah. a lot of the goodwill that had been building up for a little bit there. But yeah. Well, and Atlanta was just on an absolute tear when the Timbers played them, and obviously we've said it enough about Seattle. That yeah. match was memorable for different reasons, and the result doesn't really matter. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's about it. I guess that's about it for the that's about it for the pod. We've gone almost an hour and a half on this one. Um, Shocking. I thought we were going to go like 45 minutes because it's international break, and yet we found a way. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah, we went half an hour on just telling racists they're fucking idiots. So, you know, when you start well, off like that, which was which was perfectly valid. So, yeah, yeah it is what it is. Um, I'm going to open well, one more beer that I'm going to drink before I go to sleep at like 3.30 in the morning. Um, nice. But, you know, uh, this has been good. Like, I'm, I'm glad we're in a rhythm now. Like, I know yeah. we've been... Oh God, it's going everywhere. <laughs> I'll fill time. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. It didn't go. I was just more worried about my keyboard that that was about to spill all over. Yeah. Because we know the Apple shit. Like every time you just fucking fry a button on your keyboard, it's like $500. So. <laughs> yeah, I ruined. Um, I had already got a new MacBook, but I ruined my old one, which I was going to ride until it died. But I had a 102 degree fever and knocked a glass of water over onto it. And it just fried all of it so you definitely don't want to do that <laughs> you're like I- i've got a fever why not give the macbook a fever like <laughs> i think i was like almost hallucinating i just remember my dad watching it happen and just staring at me like what the hell is going on <laughs> i feel like Get your flu shots people it's i feel if like you're in america i feel like your dad has looked at you and said what the hell is going on a couple of times in his life and yet he's never chastised me for it so no, no, that's he's, cool. he's he's a he's a He's like a unique man, your old man. <laughs> it's truly, I've only spent yeah. like a few days with him in my life, but he's like he's like the kind of bloke that you you just remember your time having some beers with him. I remember him just sitting there at Ninkasi just chatting life with us and I was like, I've only yeah. known this guy for two days and he's already changing my life. So <laughs> There you go. He did once fall through my kitchen wall. So that's a different story for a different time off air. But uh <laughs> So I've also looked at him the same way. So it's like it's a two-way street. Look, I'm sure Jesus threw up after one too many fucking church wines once. So you know things. Yeah, if you can turn water to wine, yeah. Then you're probably gonna throw up after drinking a lot of shit and going, "Holy fuck, I did this." Yeah, (laughs) or like you accidentally snap your fingers and like that glass of water you just chugged was wine. You get and you just might you know yeah might puke it up. He's like, God, I gotta hydrate, and then he just fucking snaps his fingers. He's like, Oh fuck, there's wine there now. Yeah, man. Or does it hydrate him? Well, let's, okay, let's let's land this plane. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh god, yeah, I'm just checking my it's three oh four AM, yeah, that's definitely let's definitely nice. just drop this one down the down down to altitude and just land it and, <laughs> and head to the bar, as all good pilots do. Um, I'm heading to the gym, so things have changed so so <laughs> different. Well, I, I assume you do what Owen Wilson does in Hall Pass and just go to the bar afterwards though. Yeah. Get a shake. Pass out in the <laughs> pass out in the <laughs> pass out in the hot tub. I could actually use a hot tub right now. Um, but again, yeah. this plane is circling. <laughs> or taxiing, um, I should say. Alright, uh, well until next time, which we'll be back on next week, we'll uh, we'll just we'll we'll stay sports gaming. <laughs> for the Tillerman Beers. Beers.